Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Listening to the Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on LA Talk Radio. Not this time. Giants Causeway's most brilliant two-year-old ever and America's fastest juvenile in 2016. Ran a four and three-quarter Ragazin in the Grade One Breeders' Cup Juvenile, faster than Classic Empire, and his 102 buyer equaled Classic Empire dominated the Grade 3 Iroquois Stakes at Churchill by 8 and 3 quarter lengths over eventual Kentucky Derby runner-up, looking at Lee. Not this time, full of run in the Iroquois. Not this time, standing at TaylorMade Stallions. That's right, not this time, joined the TaylorMade roster, uh, I think, two years ago. And uh, And his babies are on the ground. Babies are on the ground and looking good. Call Travis White. He's the main man. I'm going to give you his work number, 859-885-3345. Thank you to TaylorMade for sponsoring the Horse Ownership Experience. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner at Little Red Feather Racing Club. Michelle Yu is with us as always. Michelle, welcome. Thank God it's not raining. It is, looks beautiful outside. Yeah, all you people complain about the rain. We need the rain. It's nice to have rain. Yeah, but it, got- it makes for not fun racing experience and missing training time and all the bullshit. I Sorry. guess that's true. I can't believe I just swore on the show or this early on. Did you swear? You said the S word, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. And you oh, just had Billy. and you just came back from uh taking where where were you? You were at Olivia's class today? Yeah, it's like a co op, so parents have to like go for a certain number of days per like semester. So today was my like helper day that I had to be in there and like make snack and clean up after sixteen kids and stuff. Well, I mean, that sounds like a great thing. It is. Yeah. It's I, I purposely went to a school that I could be at because then they tell you like you can come anytime and all kinds of stuff. So a lot of times I'll go early and just have like circle time or, you know, whatever. <laughs> Very sweet. Very sweet. You're a good mom. I do my best. We have a cool show today, Michelle. Michelle has uh, been kind enough to reach out to John Del Secco, who is the racing manager for Del Secco Racing. They have horses, King of Speed and Sparkyville. And the most amazing part of John Del Secco's resume is that uh, he's currently in high school. Yeah, right. I mean, that's pretty amazing. We need more John Del Secco. So we're going to hear what a high schooler has to say about horse ownership here on the Horse Ownership Experience. He's going to come up at about 1230, so about half hour into this uh, podcast slash radio show. Yeah, normally we have people a little earlier, but you know, seeing as he's in school, we had to work around his schedule. I was just thankful that he was able to take some time for us today. So we'll yeah. have to go a little bit later, but that's okay because we have tons we of have races so to talk about much, from this week. Yeah, we have so much to talk about what happened last week and what to look forward to. And yeah, I was going to say, Michelle, I think that we should do a, you know, it's getting derby time. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that each week you and I should just do our top three, you know, derby picks right now like who's okay. gonna who is going to win the derby not who we not who we like but we say who is going to win the derby we rank them three two one we go th- in okay. reverse order and maybe we do it at the end of each show okay what do you think about that we can okay that sounds good all right including today what do you mean including today yeah let's do it today you know who you have 
I don't know. I don't know yet. I haven't thought about it enough. I okay, we'll think about it while John okay. Del Secco is talking, and we'll start and we'll start our our top. I'm like, sorry, I didn't dun, hear anything dun, dun, you said. I was thinking about who I like in the derby. We need music for our top three derby prospects. I like it. <laughs> I wish we had. We should have some. We should have Ronan do some uh, some fun music stuff. For us? Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Anyway, well, we already have the irreverent, entertaining. Cool. It's so good. It's so good. Um, okay, tell us. Um, let's go through some of the major stakes action. And okay, uh, go well, there. let's start with the Southwest because that's first on my list. And that was Super Steed paying one hundred and twenty-six dollars for Larry Jones and Michael Presley and Jackson and Steve Jackson, Jackson Steed. Yeah, that's his name. They named the horse after himself. Usually, that would not be something. No. To do. <laughs> but he ran By a way, huge that race. Was an A plus plus Trunick, and and he ran a huge race in the Southwest, and and at at massive odds. Michelle, did you see the race? I did not. I was working for Fox. Oh, okay. Well, he came with this big bold rally, and everyone was like, kind of. I, I I saw a tweet from my good friend Jason Beam, who we hung out with, and he's like, "Who is Super Steed?" <laughs> but, um uh it was a it was a it was a good race i mean even why, why not and larry jones for those of you who don't know who larry jones is uh the guy is one of the best trainers in the business yeah uh, there's no question and so um if he takes shots like this he's not doing it to uh just throw a horse in the race and get a free brunch at well, uh at oakland that uh, last year this horse was running in like some sprint races um steve hackett wrote about him and was like this horse is going to be a derby horse like he doesn't want to go short he wants to go long mark my words this horse will make an impact so like people saw that he had you know something but i think it was just the handicappers or the betters that day were not looking as him at him as a horse that could stand out or you know right, they were looking the, at some of their horses with like the bigger names but this horse right, but did st- make an impression like Yeah uh, but on. the st- uh, the Smarty Jones is turning into like a key race because right. the, I think the Smarty Jones went 134 in that race so um kudos to kudos to this crew uh and they're on to the what is what's the it's the Southwest the and the Rebel the Rebel and then the Arkansas Derby. Right. But you also have about eight Bafford horses that could run in the Rebel and they'd all be probably even money right now. So, that is true. Um, you know, enjoy the win while you can. Okay. Uh, the forward. next race was the Razorback, also at Oaklawn. Right. Uh, and that was mile and a 16th for older horses and Colfront. Actually, Colfront and Copper Bullet kind of threw down in that race, but Colfront was the winner for Bob LaPenta. And. He had been sprinting primarily too. Hasn't Col- right. wasn't Colfer really really fast? So he was able to stretch his speed. Really really good effort. John Velasquez aboard. Um, always, I think they've always thought highly of Colfront. He's just been hampered by injuries along the way. But uh, uh, congratulations to Mister Lapenta, who we should probably have on the show one day. If you can get him on, yeah, he doesn't seem like he's out there too much. But uh, not real nice horse that Colfront. I think he's by Stay Thirsty, if I uh, if I recall. But moving on. Okay. Yeah. Um, next one was the Bayacoa, which I also did not watch because I was working. Uh, but she's a Julie for Steve Asmussen, bred by Godolphin and owned by Bradley Thoroughbreds, Whispering Oaks Farms, Team Hanley, Matacat, Cabron, a- a- Anna, and Tim Cambron. That's a lot of people. And you know, know. who she's named after? Uh, who? I think she's named after Asmussen's wife. Oh, she's a Julie. Yes. That's cute. I Isn't like it. Isn't that cute? Yeah, yeah, so very uh, good for them. I know they have high hopes for this this filly this year. She's uh, one of the one of the really uh, really really good older filly and mares um, that we will see 
in 2019. She's a Julie. She's a Julie. Yeah. Okay. Then it was the Risen Star. Okay. And it was War of Will for Mark Cassie and Gary Barber. And Gary Barber, by the way, said like, Mark Cassie wanted to keep this horse on the turf. And Gary Barber was like, heck no, I want to go on the dirt. I think he can run on the dirt. And now he's like run off and won two stakes. He's a really nice horse. Uh, broke from the 14 post and, and somehow made it over and, and sat second right behind the early leader in there. And, and definitely, I was actually, I'm going to tease this. I was actually going to put him third on my um, derby one, two, three. Me too, actually. You were? Yeah. And I'm I'm gonna put him third because he can't get the distance of the Derby. I don't think. Okay. Well, we're gonna find out, right? Um, okay. I like Country House in there too. By the way. Okay. Good to know. And then the Rachel down. Alexandra was right. uh, Serengeti Empress for our good friend Tom Amos. Yes. And uh, Joel Pilati. The Pilates and that that filly went wire to wire in really impressive fashion. She's got a lot of natural speed, and I think she's definitely one to look at in that uh, three year old filly division, like a Kentucky Oaks candidate. Uh, you know what's so funny? No. Is, as I'm looking at results, yeah, every horse has been a Trunick A plus or A plus plus. Really? Well, maybe we should get them as a sponsor, Michelle. Wait, That's just money in your I pocket said that right now because the next horse is a B. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Who's the next horse? Uh, synchrony, 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 turf horse. Can't say it. Yeah, yeah. fairgrounds handicap on the grass, and that is for Mike Stidham and Pinoke. And I thought it was awesome because Josephine Abercrombie actually was at the race, and they showed her like, petting the horse in the paddock. Well, what's wrong with that? That's fantastic. Well, I I don't see her at the race a lot. She's relatively advanced in age, and I have seen her time and again, but not for like a grade three on the grass. Let's go back to War of Will for a second. I got a question for you. All right. Um, it, you said that Gary Barber, you know, kind of forced Cassie's hand, and now that he did okay. that, and at some point, do they go back to the grass, or do they just stay on the dirt? Oh, I'm sure after Derby season. After Derby, to, right. Grass, or right? or if he has especially, one misstep, like yeah, one misstep, right? because there's so much grass bunny in the summer. I think it's... Had. I was looking through the Blood Horse the other day, Michelle, and I saw like a big ad for um, uh, Warfront. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, do they really need to advertise Warfront? Yeah, right. <laughs> like... Don't you remember during the sales? I I think it it was someone from DRF posted. If you by chance have an old war front standing in the backyard tied to a tree, bring them on down to Keeneland. They're right. buying them up. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible what he's been able to do. So anyway, kudos to them. Uh, moving uh, on. The next race was the Mine Shaft, and that went to Silver Dust for Brett Calhoun and Tom Durant. A plus plus Trunick. I didn't see that race, Michelle. I'm, I'm embarrassed. I didn't see that race either. Harlan we stink today. What is happening? We need to pick up the energy. Well, I didn't watch these races because I was working all weekend and I was so swamped. I literally could barely even watch the races at Santa Anita. I, I don't I don't think it's appropriate. I think no. we should just cancel the podcast. I think you guys should keep listening because we have um, uh, John Del Secco, a high schooler, coming up at 1230 here on the Horse Ownership Experience, brought to you by TaylorMade, Santa Anita, Del Mar, etc., all right, the next stake is the Royal Delta, and that went to Blamed. Blamed. Can you give the Zenyatta Blame call right now just for our Zenyatta audience? Zenyatta Blame, Zenyatta <laughs> Blame. <laughs> well, I don't know if you're in the was... a lot or not, but our right now we're running the Breeders' Cup commercial. That Oh, yeah, I saw it, yeah. Does, yeah. And all you hear on it is, uh, you know, this is a delible moment of horse racing history, and it's like, 
This is unbelievable. unbelievable. But then they stop it. Oh, so they like, do? Always on set, me and Peter are like, what a performance, <laughs> one you'll never forget. Like, I just feel like I can't what, hear that line what without call, the rest of it. What call do you think is better? That call of that race, the Zenyatta blame call, or Vin Scully's call of Kirk Gibson's home run against the A's? Um, if you gave me a billion dollars, I couldn't tell you what the third one even meant. What? Yeah. She is gone! Do You don't remember that? No. Oh, all right. Whatever. Not a sports guy. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so blamed for Bill Ma and uh, Kleber Massey, and this is an A-plus true Nick. Okay. Stop with the true Nicks. I'm done with Why? the true. I, I thought Are you they our sponsor? Episode into them, so then they oh, sorry. Yes. Sponsor us. We love true Nick. Sorry. Yes. Jeez. Good and call. the second place finisher was double A-plus true Nick. <laughs> Uh, this is how I get sponsors, Billy. I do this, and then you take the tape to them, and that, then they listen. Oh, okay. We'll have to cut this out of the podcast. <laughs> uh, the Barbara Fritchie. How many stakes races did we have this weekend? Eleven. Oh, uh, are we going to do all eleven? Yeah, we have time. All right. I just I hope the people out there. If you're bored right now, just tweet at Ona Horse, and right, Michelle will pick it up. You know what? I'll no, stop. I'm teasing. No, no. I know no. we have time. I was joking. We have okay. Well, there's only three left, so no way. What are you talking about? We have all the California d- d- horse oh, that's races. Right. I didn't include yesterday. Yeah. Um. Oh, I did. Oh, because they weren't graded. That's why. Okay. Well, they were okay. good races. So either way, real quick, the uh, Barbara Fritchie was late night powwow over. By the way, Spice Perfection, which was kind of the reason that I was going to talk about that race at all, because Spice Perfection had been out here on the west coast and uh shows up or new owners watchel stables peter douche and panafel for peter miller and she got beat she finished second she ran a good race though did she i didn't yeah. watch the race yeah ran a good race and and i wonder if she comes back for the beholder i don't know it'd be interesting to see um and then the last graded stake was the santa monica which went to marley's freedom in what i thought was kind of an oddly run race yeah i thought it was interesting um the Philly and Leeds cell court yeah. by our friends. Uh, what's that? She rolled. Well, she always does. And she right. rolled and she didn't really. I mean, she around the turn. I thought she was gone. That's and what I Marley's freedom. Like, no one's catching her. Yeah. Kind of kind of reengaged about halfway down the lane and uh, ended up uh, uh, going by for Drayden Van Dyke and for Cicero Farms. Hello. Another another horse ownership like experience winner. winner. Yeah. yeah. And I saw him all weekend and I was like, she was like, can I come on the show again? <laughs> I'm like, it, you can come on the show anytime. Right? Yeah. So, uh, congratulations to them. And, uh, of course, Bob Baffert with another graded stakes win. No shocker. Do any of those horses go into the beholder? Um, what do you think? I mean, you know, didn't didn't Barb say something about them wanting to stretch out Marley's Freedom? Like, because they, they took did. an aqueduct to run her at the mile. Right. So, maybe her? Why not? I mean, right now, I feel like our older female group is a little weak. So yeah. Why not stretch out the sprinter? I, I would agree. I wonder if Selcourt does too. They tried that last year. I, I, I think I, she's better sprinting. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. She needs to like sprint five or something. No, she can no. get it. That was a great. She lost to one of the probably the best female sprinter in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade, right? Okay. I was disappointed in Paradise Woods. Are you going to run uh, your filly in the Beholder Mile? Right now, I think so. She worked this morning. Yeah. 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 Oh, which how'd she work? Very well. Yeah. Yep. Forty-seven and four for Flav- Flavian. You know, I talked to Pratt this morning, and he, we have, his name is he likes to be called Flavian. 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 That's what I call him, Flavian. No, it's All not Flavian. It's Flavian. not Flavian. It's Flavian. Flavian. 
No, you have to do the on at the end. It's the the, the, the French. Yeah, Flavion. Okay. I practiced it a lot this but morning. But for sure, it's not Flavian. It's not is, Flavian. Which he does is not make, like it that. makes me insane when people say that. Yeah. Yeah. He needs like a good nickname. Flavor Flav. Yeah, but it's not Flavian. He doesn't like that. The Pratt Attack. <laughs> That is the worst name ever. You know, like, the bad thing is, like, if you're a prat, you're, like, a jerk, right? What's like, that? Say it again? If, like, if someone calls you a prat, you're, like, a twat. Like, you're a jerk. Really? Yeah. Who was that in the background? Oh, that's Spencer. Spencer! He had to hang out with Dad all day at the track this morning. I'm sure I'm sure Ryan just loved that. Well, you know, the things you got to do when you don't have babysitters. I understand. So All right, well, let's, let's we have a couple minutes before John Del Seco joins us. And okay, so, so Michelle, real quick, tell, then the El Camino yeah. Real Derby, another twist of fate. Uh, um, Michelle, where does that horse kind of fall on the Derby trail? Because he has been extremely impressive. Blaine Wright, Peter Redcop, he's a scat daddy, and... I mean, I think a lot of people were saying, like, oh, he's just a Golden Gate horse, but he did look really good winning. I don't know what he beat precisely. Yeah, but he did it really easily, and he he he's been uber impressive in his mm-hmm. uh, I think three starts now. I think he's undefeated, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I I think he could be any kind. I really do. I don't. I think he should not be overlooked. I would agree with that. He's got a beautiful stride. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the Cal Cup races at Santa Anita, the Cal Cup Oaks, and the Cal Cup Derby. So the Cal Cup Oaks went to Mucho Unusual, and that was my like tip horse on the Fox Show. Well, kudos to you. I just if I and if I I would have made it like my on on like we had like a list of horses we liked, and I was wavering between her and another horse, and I took the other horse because I, I hadn't got to talk to Tim about like if he thinks she's really going to like the grass or well, not. Well, she did. Yeah, she loved it. She looked amazing, too. Yeah, he, he, she looked really good. When she turned yeah. for home, she found another gear. She'll be one of the, even in the open company, I think she's going to be tough. Yeah, um, did you see her gallop out, too? Yeah, it was really, really Oof. impressive. Really impressive. And then uh, Galilean for West Point Thoroughbreds and a big old group and Jerry Hollendorfer, a $600,000 calibred Uncle Mo. Yeah, maybe worth it. He was he was very impressive. He, he was one to nine, so let's... Right. Let's hold Call off. A spade a spade. Yeah, let's I use that expression already. But you know, at the same time, he did what he was. He did what he was supposed to do. He was really impressive doing it. He's a big, beautiful horse by by uh, uh, Uncle Mo, like you said. And um, it's going to be interesting when he goes into open company. You know, well, the, I, I think did, they have I to. To um, Jeff Lipson before, you know, like it, it's kind of obscure, right, to take the Cal Cup Derby as a springboard to the Derby, and he was like, "But Chrome did it." I'm like, "Yeah." So now all of a sudden, it's like an okay thing, but. When we were talking about Chrome, it was like, why would you ever do that? So now it makes him look smart. And I told him, what's the horse have to do to be legitimate in your mind? And he said, he's got to win. He said, he's coming off a break. He doesn't have to win by a pole, but we, we want to see him win over this group. So, well, you know. when you're one to nine, I think you're supposed to do that, right? right? Well, they, they worked real hard to make the race go for sure because it was a compact field. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was a nice, nice stepping stone for him for sure. Mm-hmm. I agree. Good for them. So that was our racing this week. Wow. That was exhausting. I know, right? Do you want to hear the uh, upcoming? Can we do upcoming beforehand? Yes. Because that way in case John yes. goes long. Let's okay. talk about what's going on before we get to John right. Del Okay. So upcoming this week at Santa Anita on Fridays. Don't forget, it's $2 beers on Fridays. Every Friday is What $2 about hot dogs? Beers. 
No, not not two dollar hot dogs. Let me tell you something. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something right now. This is very important. I had a two dollar hot dog yesterday. It was good. Phenomenal. Yeah. Like it was really good. I mean, I'm not just messing around. It was a good little hot dog for two bucks. Yeah. It's nice and steamed. And- oh, delicious. Yep. Shit. I love them. <laughs> they are good. We have problems. Um, so Friday is the Stronic Five, and we do have a carryover of $160,000. If you haven't played, it's five races from like three different racetracks that are all Stronic owned, and the entire sequence happens at about a 25-minute period. So people that are looking for multi-race wagers with a low takeout, but you want to have a, you know, you don't want to wait all day to see if you win. It's awesome for that. And with the carryover, which is great, um, they're expecting a pool of about five hundred thousand dollars. Do you play the Stronic Pick Five personally? I don't play it personally. Honestly, I don't like anything that has a higher buy-in than fifty cents. You just stick to the fifty cent stuff. Yep. Because I am, a, I have a very hard time singling. And what is the what? what it's what? a dollar. It's, it's a, a dollar, dollar minimum okay. wager. And why do you have a hard time singling, Michelle? I mean, that's that's part of the game is that you I need know, to take a stand. And I've, trying, and I've been doing it lately. Actually, I have had some really good luck with some singles. The lat, like I hit the early pick five this week thanks to a single, and I almost hit the late pick four. If I hadn't singled, I might have. So it's I'm like on the fence about it because I always feel like I want to throw the wise guy horse in there or like the one I think could upset it. And I hate to just like rely on a favorite, you know. But, the- but on the other hand i hate to throw a favorite out i think you got to start throwing favorites out if you're spreading i think you either single the favorite if it's a big favorite or throw it out completely because that'll save you that'll save you money in your bet i know i know i know in theory and And why do you want to hit why do you want to take a stand yeah take a stand stand. why do you want to hit a pick four let's say you bet 50 bucks why do you want to hit a pick four that pays 80 you know you want to hit a pick four that pays a thousand well, right at this point, Billy, I would just like to hit the pick four. But see, that's uh, but here's see that's the difference. It's like I hit the pick four the other day, and it was like I had a twenty some odd dollar ticket, and it paid like forty dollars. So yeah, right. it wasn't but so very what's, exciting. But so I would rather miss that pick four, right? Okay. You don't want to be proud that you hit a pick four that you got basically two to one on, or even money. No, two to one. Mm-hmm. No, even money. Right? You bet twenty to win twenty. Yeah. I mean that's that's not that's not a monumental achievement because that means everybody hit it. Right. You want to be the one that hits the $2000 pick four that nobody hit. Which I've done before. I understand, but, but I think Ryan is right and I think if if handicappers are listening here, I think it's really important when you're making those tickets to have an idea of okay, what once I write down my ticket, kind of go back through it and say, well, if these 3 horses win, this ain't going to pay. Yeah, so, but the difference is, it's like when you're saying that, like you're like, oh, I'd rather, I'd rather lose that. But it's like if you lose it, you're just like losing your thirty bucks. If you're required to play, then like you might as well just win it and win the. $6. I'm saying, but you're you're saying you're required to play, but well, no, not required, are, do but people? Like when, because I'm required to give a ticket every day I'm on air. I understand. I have to give you an early pick five, and I have to give you a late pick four. I understand. So I don't play all of them, but I try and play the ones that like you but know. What I'm, I'm saying is, what I'm saying is. If let's say you put in on on a weekend, let's say it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and let's say it's all the late pick four, okay? Mm-hmm. And let's say you bet fifty dollar tickets every day, so that's two hundred dollars, right? They, that's your investment, okay? And you hit one pick of the four pick fours, and it pays twenty five hundred bucks, okay? One of the four, so you're you, but and let's say on a different week. You use more favorites and didn't single, and you hit three of the four and got back two hundred dollars, which is better. 
Mm, I mean, obviously you want to make the more money, but, right? But that's that's what I'm saying. But if you're hitting every pick four and you're not losing money, at least you're having like more money to like you're never going. No, you're completely wrong. Okay, you're you're not going to win this argument because you're just okay. wrong. I, I, I that's you, but I and I think your followers will appreciate some of those long shots that you throw in, and and rather than just saying you know oh I'm going to go with uh, you know. North County guy in the last race yesterday, which I almost jumped off a very high building. Did he win? Uh, no. He broke terribly. And uh, do you know about Trackus? Do you follow yeah. Trackus? Why were you in that race anyways? What do you mean? We were the favorite. I know, but people just betting Baltus. Come on. Um, What are you, crazy? Uh, we ran <laughs> we ran 69 feet more than the winner. The mm. next closest was 40. So you're saying you got a crap ride? Yeah, I talked to Rosario this morning. We, we broke slow. We're supposed to be on the lead. We broke slowly, and then he sits out four wide around the first turn and about eight wide turning for home. We actually had the fastest uh, miles per hour in the race at 42.8. The next was 40.8. Mm. I mean, it was just terrible. There's a horse to bet next time at a bigger price than three to one. Um. So also coming up this weekend at Santa Anita. The Santa Anita Chili Cook-Off, which oh, is super I love popular that. I love on that. Saturday. And that's also that $500 February Handicapping Challenge that we talked about last week that could get you a seat into NHC. So it's a $500 entry fee. Of that, 200 goes into prizes. 300 is live money bankroll. Okay, so it's a live money why don't challenge. We, why don't we get a sponsor? Why don't we... And Michelle, you can be our handicapper for the sure. contest. Can you play in the contest? Yes. All right. At Own a Horse. Whoever wants to put up, uh, add on a horse on Twitter, whoever wants to put up the 500 to get Michelle in the tournament, let's do it. We'll broadcast it. We'll get your name out here. You, you do that. What do you do? Split the winnings with the person? Uh, Can we yeah, even, is this even great. legal? The only bad thing is what happens if it's a, if it's a seat. Then you, then the you seat? guys, you get the seat with our listener. Right, I get the seat. I like you get it. Get the seat. Get the seat. I am. Serrano's got the desk. After you know listening to Gary talk about how much fun the tour was and listening to your guy last week Joe talk Rosen. about the tour, yeah. uh, I went ahead and signed up for the tour. Nice. That's awesome. Um, what else? Also, the Buena Vista Stakes on Saturday, and then Sunday is the Spring Fever. And remember, no racing on Thursday because we had racing um, on Monday. Monday. For President's And day. finally, yeah. live racing first post on the weekdays now, 1 o'clock. On the weekends, twelve twenty-five. Why twelve twenty-five? Why is that? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know why. Maybe it's to adjust so we were not overlapping, or hmm. to keep our post times more on schedule. I don't know. I mean, they have to have some sort of consistency because I, I even I go to the track all the time. You go to the track all the time. Sometimes I have no idea what time post time is. Right. So I'm glad that at least they're being consistent about it, which is what we need. <laughs> right. Right. Why do uh, I can't? I lost my train of thought. <laughs> why was, do? Why do I can't remember what I was going to ask you? Um, handicapping contest? I don't know. All right, so um, Ronan's going to get John Del Secco on the phone. Ronan, can you call John Del Secco? We have to ask him for sure about those silks that he wears. The the bright lime green, lime green and neon orange. I mean, you can see him for sure. Yeah. Do you know how old John Del Secco is? Uh, I'm guessing if he's in high school, he's like 17. It could be a lot of things. Oh, I see Ronan. This is so cool. I can see um, Ronan calling him on the keypad. <laughs> well, it was, it's three minutes till. I was trying no, to call him early. It's two minutes. Yeah. 
Well, so Let me tell you something. For the, the bell to ring By so the get time Ronan gets this thing done, I can see him typing in the numbers. It will be done. So, um, <clears throat> Michelle, uh, how is the baby? How's my Spencer? Spencer is very good. Is he a good baby? He was sick. Is he better? He is much better. Okay. He still breathes really bad. He's got like a total breathing issue. He's like a midnight loot. Uh, um, but it would have been cool if you named him loot. Yeah, right. Uh, oh, I hear Hello? I hear John. Is that John Del Secco? Yes, I'd be correct. How are you? Good, John. It's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu from the Horse Ownership Experience. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. How old are you? <laughs> uh, 18. <laughs> You're 18, and where do you go to school? Uh, Davis High School up in uh, Concord, California. Oh, where that's, is Concord, California? N- no, that's De La Salle's yeah. the big, the big um, uh, football school. They had the longest winning streak in high school history, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Do you play football? No, uh, I'm a runner. So okay. you're a runner. Where, wait, where is Concord? Yeah. I still don't know. It's up north. Uh, it's in the Bay Area, so probably like uh, 30 minutes from Golden Gate Field. Oh, that's where would John, you're eighteen years old. Where did when did you get the bug for this horse racing thing? I mean you all of a sudden you and your family and Del Seco racing with King of King of Speed that we'll talk about, Sparkyville. Where did this come from? Where did this start? Uh well my dad, he always took me to the fairs up in Northern California, especially Pleasanton and we'd bet on them and I always liked it. And then actually when it came to De La Salle, uh freshman year, my religion teacher is mr etson you know his brother works in the racing office down south and uh oh danny's danny's his brother yeah i didn't know that got me a job uh at pleasanton with jeff bondy and it just took off from there so what was your job so that's how you found jeff bondy it's not like you did any research it was like an intern program gone right yeah, like uh, just a bunch of referrals, and I ended up in Jeff Bondi's barn at Pleasanton, so just the stars aligned correctly that time. Talk about your day with Jeff Bondi when you were working there. What would you do? Uh, just I'm trying to learn as much as possible. You know, you, you get up at 4 o'clock, get there at 4.30, you know, and check the horses and feed them and send them to the track and all of the things. You just try and... Uh, take in as much as you can so you're so basically what, like an assistant uh basically I, I i've groomed i've hot walked i've done all of that and now i'm helping my dad and everything and i still go to the barn every day i don't have school so that i can learn as much so are your horses i actually did say this jeff bondy is the one that gave me uh john's phone number and uh he mentioned the fact that you're going to be going to uk that you got a full scholarship and you want to train horses and uh i said well watch out you'll have a ready-made stable he said that's okay i've got to retire sometime and he seemed really (laughs) pleased with the idea that you you know were coming up under him i think that's really great so can you tell us a little bit about what your plans are uh well i got a $32,000 $32,000 scholarship for Kentucky and uh you know that once I fell in love with horse racing it it's just uh an endless love relationship and that's where I'm going to make my career out of so I'm going to go there and uh major in equine science and try and make as many connections as possible and maybe get myself a farm out there or something and uh maybe breed and uh, train a little bit so wow I mean, what? It's great that you know exactly what you're going to do. That's fantastic. But who? So when? Wait, 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 John, real quick. Go. So, um, we talk on the show all the time about how to get young people involved. 
are your friends interested? Like, do they care? Like, were you like, hey, by the way, I kicked Bob Baffert's butt this week at the San Vicente? <laughs> so, so the Mr. Epson, like, uh, he, you know, he's a football coach and everything, so he's a rock star in his own right, but he actually showed my class a replay and everything, so uh, they watch it, and they, they don't really understand the different dynamics that I've seen Bob Baffert or grade two or anything like that, but they all think it's a really cool uh, thing that no one else does, so it's really unique. So I think the point is we want more people to, to do it. Yeah, we need to get like, can we get like a day that, like your whole class comes to like Golden Gate or something? <laughs> I think that could be worked on or something. <laughs> well, I think we could make that happen. I think we could too. I think it's a yeah. gr- I think it's a great idea. Tell tell us when you're running now. Do you got a scholarship for for running or just uh, academic? No, academics. I was going to say when you're running, like what what famous horse do you compare yourself to when you're running out there? Like who, what's your style? Uh, well, I'm just a, a grinder. You know, I have this horse, a ten year old named Eagle Screams, and he's a claiming horse, and he's made about half a million dollars on the claiming ranks up north and he just is a warrior and tries every single time he's not like a household name horse of course but it, i just don't stop and uh i always try my hardest no matter the situation who's your who's your favorite race call announcer uh you know frank Maramati was a. Uh, I like how he can switch around and imitate other voices, so that's pretty cool. Do you ever, are, if you're ever like in a race, do you ever in your head like think about Frank's call and how he would call you and like you know uh, Del Seco saving ground or anything like that? I think that'd be because uh, I used to do that when I'd run. <laughs> <laughs> during practice, sometimes I'll say it in my head. But during the race, you're just all out, so it's not much thinking about except how am I going to beat the guy in front of me sort of attitude. So, John, you, let's talk about a little bit about the business. So you are the racing manager for your family's stable. So how did that kind of come to be that your dad trusts you to do this? And then how do you guys go about acquiring all of your stock? Uh, so it all initially started out when I first went to Bondi's Barn. It was never an idea that we own any horses at all I just wanted to learn the game and my dad even thought that I would just do it for two weeks and then quit sort of deal and uh Bondi went to Florida and he got this one horse and we bought it and then you just get hooked on it and so Bondi went not like Bondi went knowing that you would buy in or Bondi went bought back a horse went to syndicate it and you guys got in yeah, that's that's what I, he buys horses and brings them back. And I talked to my dad. I said, "Hey, let's try what this is out." And we, that's what happened. So, and which horse was that, or how long ago was this? Uh, it was about four years ago. It was a horse named Running for Tuition. She she was a really really fast horse. She couldn't go a route because she was just hell bent on going fast. She'd go twenty one and then forty three on at Santa Anita and she had a little problem in the knee and also we never got her to break her maiden but it was just a fun experience and got us hooked do you get do do you get no I was going to say are you involved in the purchasing or is is Bondi primarily on his own he comes to you guys and you say yes or no uh it's it's a team relationship so what what we like to do is we're all we have is babies really 
and that's where we think the real money is, and it is. And uh, so me and Bondi will go to the Pleasanton that in August, and we'll buy. I tell him, you know, pick out one horse, and I go look with him and everything, and we pick out one horse, and we just buy it because there's not much money there. And then we go over to Keeneland, and we go there for three or four days and pick out uh, three or four horses, you know, that we like, and that's how we do it. And my dad... Uh, so does your dad give you a budget? Me. Uh, he, I call him up and I say, you know, we, we have this horse that I like here. It's this hip number. We think it's going to go for that much. You know, it's okay if I bid on it. And he says, yeah, go ahead. So I mean, Michelle, are, I'm I'm wrought with jealousy right now. Are you? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> oh, I'm th- now, does your dad have extra space in his family for me and Michelle? <laughs> yeah, my my dad's the most supportive person in the world. Without him, I wouldn't be anywhere. So that's amazing. Not a lot of people would trust me with what uh, he has. Well, and well, the- let's talk about Sparkyville because you guys went to the sale, but he actually was a buyback horse, um, and Taylor made our sponsors every year after the sales do a a buyback barbecue where you come and you drink and you eat, and they parade around everything that was an RNA and they sell them. And that's where you guys yeah. got Sparkyville. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we went to that Keeneland sale, and then Bonnie went to that barbecue sale. And Sparkyville, he was $170,000 RNA. And Bonnie's walking around, and he sees this horse, and they won $100,000 for it. And he calls me up, and he said, you know, I know you guys said you were done and everything, but I'm looking at this horse, and he." looks really, really good, and I really like his walk and everything. That's what we look for the most in the yearlings. And uh, I said, okay, how much? Let me call my dad. And he said, well, they want 100 grand for it. And I said, uh, let me call him. My dad said, uh, go ahead. And so then Bondi tells them my story about I'm a high school, I'm 18, and they said, uh, you can have it for 90. So <laughs> that's how we got That's the called word. the high school 10% discount. Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. And, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm going to use that next time. I'm yeah. going to say, it's for Olivia. She's only three. <laughs> I don't even have any kids in high school, and I'm going to tell people I have kids in high school. I mean, if so I can get that kind of discount. Kitties in high school. Yeah. Uh, John, this is it, yeah. it's an amazing story, and Sparkyville has done so well. What was give us uh, the, uh, this this past weekend, or the, uh, the I'm sorry, the weekend before? Um, uh, w- when you're watching a race, what's your what's your excitement level? This is called the horse ownership experience. Just walk us through the day of the race. Are you pounding over the form? Are you calling people? Are you nervous? What's the story? Uh, so I you know go to the barn early in the morning, get all that squared away, and. Uh, always handicap the race, see what the pace is like, ask Bondi's opinion, whatever. And I don't really get that nervous because what is done is done. You know, the morning is the morning, you know. There's not a lot you can do on race day. So I just go and hope for the best with the horse and figure it out from there. You're so positive and you, you seem so calm. I would have been sweating. Do you sweat? I mean, you what's your, are you slapping program? I mean, when he took the lead in the stretch, were you screaming? Uh, so, well, Sparkyville's race, I, I go to 99% of my races. I usually never miss a race, whether it's up north or down south. But that day I volunteered at the soup kitchen in San Francisco. So I went there and there was no way I was going to be able to get on a plane and attend the race. So I was 
watching it at home on the TV. And I thought, you know, third, you know, would be a good, you know, $24,000 check. That's, that's a nice race, you know, instead of running the baffle. And this horse comes out on the, from the turn and Joel Rosario is giving him a perfect ride and everything. I'm just jumping up and down and <laughs> screaming at the TV and hitting the form on, you know, and at, even my sisters come down from upstairs and said, is everything okay? Cause they thought something was uh, going on. That's awesome. Why is he named Sparkyville? I want to know about all uh, your names actually. Yeah. So my dog is a uh, name. Spartan and uh, my dad calls him Sparkyville because it just rolls off the dog. I mean, off the tongue better. And uh, you know, we named it Spartan because of De La Salle, of that's course. their mascot. So uh, that's how Sparky got his name. Isn't so that, your fastest horse you named after after a dog. your dog? I like it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, can you wait. Got, we got to yeah, come up, Michelle. Where did get his name from? Uh, you know, we name these horses in January, and it's kind of whatever pops in our head and we just sit there for a few hours or a few days over a time span and whatever kind of comes in our head you know i named one running for tuition or queen of the track or king of speed you know it's just whatever pops in my head really or we name it after someone we have to we have to come up with a better story i think for sparkyville like if you're on the derby trail we got to come up with great like you know uh when you were it wasn't like a a story that had to do with bob marley or something oh that would have been good yes (laughs) well you we talked about all your positives let's talk about maybe a a disappointing effort because you have king of speed it's a two-time stakes winner you ran him this week in the el camino uh derby and he only beat one home so what was the what was the takeaway from that and how do you overcome something like that uh, well, you certainly, you know, the game of horse racing has its ups and downs, just like any other sport, but it's brutal. You know, you get a perfectly, you get a perfect ride from Rosario and on, uh, Sparkyville in the grade two. And then in the El Camino, we, we got a little shaky ride and the horse might have bled a little bit. And, uh, so now we're going to just, uh, rest him a little bit, give him extra time. And it, it happens and, you know that you can't win every single race, so you don't get overly disappointed or mad. You know, I'm still disappointed, but I'm not going to get mad over something. You know, you're going to 20% is a good number to have a win percentage. So four out of five times you're going to lose a race. You you can't get mad over that. So I have, I have a question. When With Sparkyville, in my post-race interview, I asked Jeff, you know, that this horse had done so much better sprinting is the Derby kind of on the radar? And at the time he said no, because you guys had King of Speed and he was kind of your more classic distance type horse. And I, for one, am of a sound mind that if you got a great seven seven furlong or mile horse, you got a great seven furlong or mile horse, you know, there's tons of money in that. But now with you saying King of the Speed is going to be sidelined, do you feel like you're going to try Sparkyville to continue down the Derby trail? Or are you going to keep him as like a mid-level sprinter? Uh, well, their the three-year-old season is their most lucrative season, so I, I don't think he can, a, a mile is really pushing it with that horse, you know. Mm-hmm. What, the one time we trout him routing is, was on the turf, so we really don't know, but just from his prior performances, I don't think he could go much farther than a mile. So our plans right now is uh, we're going to have to ship uh, over to the East Coast or something and 
running some races over there, going seven eights. Well, yeah, uh, you can do the Bay Shore, you can do the Woody Stevens, you can do the Kings Bishop. Yeah, and and the Bay Shore I think is our target right now, uh, but they don't have anything at San Neil until May, so mm-hmm. we're gonna have to ship with that horse and try and get the money that way. John, do you confer with Jeff, or do you let Jeff make the calls and then just approve them, or how does that how does that dynamic work? Uh, well, it's a uh, just a very uh, uh, I make some calls, he makes some. I kind of suggest, and then he gives me his feedback, and it's always my final call. But I always let uh, ask for his suggestion, advice, and. You know, I'll ask, like, Queen of the Track, I'll ask, well, don't, do you think this horse should go six and a half furlongs down the turf? He'll give me his advice and everything. He said, yeah, let's try it. So that's what we do is kind of a feedback situation. Does he talk to your dad? Is your dad involved too, or does all the decision-making go through you? Uh, so the decision-making is all through me and my dad. Uh, he enjoys it. He was just down here this weekend, but I take care of everything for him. So, and you designed the silks too, Michelle. Very yeah, interested in your silks. silks. Uh, so the little D with the saw in it on the back of the silks—that's my dad's company logo, and that's uh, what we run our uh, our stable name is under is Del Seco, you know, DCS Racing. And the colors are, you know, the construction vest because my dad owns a construction company. Oh. So that's how we came up with this That makes so much sense now. I love yeah. that. Why are you yeah. going to, do you yeah. think you'll invite Maurice Jones Drew out to a, wasn't he the big running back back then during the, during that run? Yeah. He, he, Maurice Jones Drew uh, was at Dale Sal and everything. Right. So. I think we got to get him um, to come out to one of the races. Yeah, we'd have to work on that. <laughs> Billy be... can get famous people all kinds of places. It's crazy. No, Billy, I'm still worried about my comment, um, but it's okay. We're, I already told Ronan, our uh, person, to take it out of the show, so we're gonna be fine. Um, uh, John, what, do you, we have babies coming in right now? What kind of what babies can we look out for you? Uh, well, I bought. Uh, we have three babies that I really like. We got one. Uh, we we bought them all. Well, we have four, but I like three out of Keeneland. And uh, we got one out of More Than Ready for 210. And the name is Thanks, Mr. Etson, you know, uh, for my teacher and everything. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I really, really like this uh, Animal Kingdom uh, filly that we have that we got for 90. And it's uh, named Go Big Blue Nation. You know, oh, after per- the wildcat. Perfect when you get to school. So, yeah, perfect. I'm just going to tell you right now, though, I went to U of L, so I think that name's terrible. Oh, but, stop. Okay. Leave the kid a break. Hey, listen, I'm going to I'm gonna cut hey, you off right here. More. Wait. He's got one more. Oh, oh, go ahead. What was the third one? Uh, the third, we have a $60,000 horse, and it's uh, John did it. It hasn't come to the track yet. It was a May Fool, so we have to give it a little more time. And you named it after yourself? Yeah, that one matures. You named it after yourself? Well, yeah, of course. Wow. He's got John's I mean, intuition. Too. That's nice. All right. We got about yeah. two minutes left in the whole show, John Del Seco, 18-year-old from okay. De La Salle. Um, but Michelle brought up something earlier, and that is trying to get younger people into the game. How do we do it, John? What do we do? Uh, well, the game is a really, really fun game. It's a general and rush like no other sport. But the problem with the game is there's no front door into the 
backstretch. It's all about connections. And if you want to get involved, you have to know people. So that would have, there's just, that would have to be figured out. I think is it's so all you about think we should who you know. Like paper the schools would like, if you want to get on the backside, like come like a VIP experience well, and maybe it'll yeah, get people I think in it's that way. Easier access is what he's saying. You know, easy. It is. There's a, there is a, a, a big, large learning curve and a, and a brick wall when you come into horse racing. So I think I think John has a really good point. Yeah, like he said, even if it was just if you have a high school student ID or college student ID, you know, you get into the races for free on this day, or and we have I've your been program that. or whatever. That's a great I idea. Been that that, idea. John Del Secco, something to get the people. Please make sure the next time you're in town, you reach out to Michelle and I so we can meet you in person. I know, and and best of luck with Sparkyville and King of Speed and Del Secco Racing. And I know you probably and, have to go back to class. And John, if you do want to end up trying to do a, a like a school day at Golden Gate, let me know, and we'll do our best to facilitate that with our partner. Yeah, track. We'll, we'll help you out. <laughs> okay, perfect. Thank All right, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show. That's John Del Secco of Del Secco Racing. John, thanks, John. Go back thanks. to class. Get back to class, Mister. Go learn something. <laughs> yes, Michelle. Thank you. Have a good day. All right, John. Michelle, thank you for doing that. Yeah, it's very cool, right? Oh, it's great. We need to By have the way, more I don't kids know if he's like that. Or not, but ladies, he's uh, he's ambitious. He's motivated. He's smart because he's getting a scholarship. He's conscientious socially because he volunteers at soup kitchens and he I loves mean, horse racing. I mean, if he if he's handsome, he's going to be in big trouble. I don't know what he looks like. <laughs> At but least if, in the racing world. Absolutely. We have 12 seconds left on the show, Michelle. I just want to thank John Del Seco for coming on, Taylor Maid, Santa Anita, Del Mar, all the people who listen to this show. we got to keep going. We need more people, more downloads. We really appreciate it. We're going to bring you on more guests, especially during derby time. We didn't do our top three derby. Um, I'm going to say mine is probably improbable, uh, Country House, and War of Wills. That's your one, two, three? I'm going mm-hmm. Game Winner, Improbable, War of Wills. I have not been a fan of Game Winner's recent works. Just okay. going to throw that out there. Okay. Everybody, okay. we'll see you next Tuesday. Michelle, thank you. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Right here on LA Talk Radio. Not this time. Giants Causeway's most brilliant two-year-old ever and America's fastest juvenile in 2016. Ran a four and three-quarter Ragazin in the Grade 1 Breeders' Cup Juvenile, faster than Classic Empire, and his 102 buyer equaled Classic Empire. Dominate the Grade 3 Iroquois Stakes at Churchill by eight and three-quarter lengths over eventual Kentucky Derby runner-up, looking at Lee. Not this time, full of run in the Iroquois. Not this time. Standing at TaylorMade Stallions.